Hello, and welcome to Meandering with Myrn, a potpourri of podcast by me, veterinary ethologist Myrn Milani. Join me as I ponder any and all things animal and human, what we know and what we don't, where we've been, where we are, and where we're headed. When summer gives way to fall here in rural New Hampshire, the resident companion animals succumb to the migration effect. Typically, when we think of migration effects, we think about wild species as diverse as monarch butterflies and multiple species of birds and mammals. We marvel at their sometimes dramatic changes in behavior during this period and the long distances they travel. Also present, but more easily overlooked, are the many migrations. As the weather cools, some species will relocate within the same geographical area. Some may be youngsters seeking to establish territories of their own. Others may move to lower elevations or otherwise more protected areas for the winter. Meanwhile, our companion animals stay put with us as all this animal movement occurs around us. We don't give much thought to how other species' migration could influence our dog's or cat's behavior or how accelerated climate change and other factors increasingly could influence this. In the last few weeks of what the calendar tells me is the middle of summer, but nature tells me is the beginning of fall, now 12-year-old Ollie has become more watchful and alert. He always did it this time of year, but this year, He can't count on his now 16-year-old biological mom for backup. Actually, he never could, but I don't think he ever figured that out before, or accepted it if he did. Not that Fricka was a lousy mom. She wasn't. She was a wonderful one who served as an excellent role model of self-control self-reinforcement, and self-confidence, plus a generous amount of good humor and playfulness. But despite her efforts, Ollie loved his role as self-anointed sham protector of the homestead too much to give it up. For whatever reason, Ollie's been prone to drama from birth. He reminds me of a little boy pretending to be man of the house, knowing full well that his mom will cue him regarding the proper response and protect him should the need arise. Further contributing to the canine charade in my house is the cat who is the same age as Ollie. If Ollie is protecting us from dragons, Bamboo will be there urging him on. As he's gotten older, Ollie's default response to the come command when we're outside in the wee hours before dawn involves suddenly aborting his wandering with an explosion of aggressive barking 
and racing to me like the proverbial bat out of hell. At first, I thought some wild animal had set him off. That lasted as long as it took me to notice how relaxed and happy he looked when he reached me. And to ask the question, where is the cat? When I previously took the dogs out at this time, the cat greeted me with a leisurely stretch and a purr near the door. Then he would wander around the yard closer to the house with me and Fricka. But apparently at some point, he decided that was too boring and decided to scare Ollie instead. This is a game they had played in one form or another for as long as I can remember. All Bamboo did was to develop an outdoor nocturnal version of it. I initially worried about these brief canine outbursts awaking my neighbors, but they'd never mentioned these if they did. Although, I admit, I never asked them. I tell myself all these outbursts are so short, then only register in my sleeping neighbors' subconscious minds. If they did awaken, that awakened to silence. Hopefully, the silence wouldn't be accompanied by that eerie sense that they'd missed something important. But unlike Ollie's nightly sham responses this time of year, which are the same as always, he displays two new daytime behaviors that are silent and intense. Both occur in the late morning when we make our daily trek down the driveway to get the mail. While both dogs devote more time to sniffing the area where the fruit from the apple tree falls on the driveway, they always have this time of year. Logic says this is a response to the scent of the wild animals that come to eat the apples. The new changes in Ollie's behavior occur closer to the road, near the boundary of the no-dogs-allowed zone that separates them from the road. In each case, he stops and focuses intently. He holds himself rigidly as if there were something or someone lurking in the undergrowth that shouldn't be there. Once the foliage near one of those areas was flattened, as though a larger animal had rested there. Deer have done this in the past, but it never bothered him. Did his increased awareness of Fricka's inability to bail him out cause his increased vigilance? Did he sense some unseen danger I didn't? After all, I haven't seen any evidence of deer recently, and that is unusual. A little further down the driveway, Ollie displays the same rigid focused behavior on the opposite side. This time he orients toward the river across the road. 
Instead of being relaxed as usual while I walk through the No Dogs Allowed zone to get the mail, he remains alert and vigilant. When I return with the mail, as he and I move closer to the house, he gradually becomes more relaxed. By the time we reach the parking area in front of the house, the only change in his normally upbeat behavior is a flurry of marking on the boundary overlooking the road and river below. Initially, my well-conditioned brain naturally led me to ask, where is the cat, when this change in Ollie's behavior first occurred? But so far, the cat's been visible during these episodes, either hanging out with Fricka or chasing bugs further up the driveway. Fortunately for me, what Ollie does in response to whatever this seasonal change triggers is limited to an uptick in marking one specific outdoor location. Other dogs and cats may start marking inside their owner's homes instead. In the midst of this mini canine drama here, a larger, more ancient one simultaneously unfolds. During these last days of August and the beginning of September, migrating dragonflies will cross my land. Unlike monarch butterflies with their graceful flight and showy colors that inevitably gain my attention, the dragonflies move so fast and so blend in with their surroundings that it's difficult to track their movement. Be startled by them when they suddenly appear in front of me? Yes. But to actually see them long enough to appreciate their beauty? Rarely enough so that those moments it does occur become magical. Inevitably, I wonder what the long-distance migrators' journeys will be like during this turbulent hurricane season. How many of them will make it? And what will remain of their winter homes in the South when they arrive? These and other questions fill my mind and cause a long-forgotten quote to surface from some remote corner of my brain. The world will long be gone and mankind long forgotten before we learn all the gnat has to teach us. Surely the same is true of little dogs who stare at seemingly nothing and migrating praying mantises whose journeys seem impossible. You've been listening to a podcast by veterinary ethologist Myrna Milani. For more podcasts, commentaries and books about animal behavior and the human-animal bond, and links to behavior and bond sites, check out my website at www.mmilani.com. For more specific information, feel free to email me at mm at 
All rights related to the content of these podcasts are retained by Myrna Milani. The background music, Molly on the Shore by Percy Granger, is used with permission from Katova Arts, www.katova.com.